Hello and welcome to another edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. This podcast is proudly provided by Axon, helping dealers move more iron for almost 100 years. Find out more at axontire.com. Axon was started almost 100 years ago out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. It's that same passion that drives them today. With a vision for a better experience for both farmer and dealer, they set out to create a better way to move more iron. When you partner with Axon, you get immediate access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. Axon carries all major brands and sizes of tires, wheels, and tracks. From custom colors and sizes to fully customized wheels, you can have the solution for virtually any problem today's farmer is trying to solve. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Marcus with Sean Hackett. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Also, go to arrow, uh, heyarrow.com. And if you're looking for a great place to look and see how to help your salespeople sell more stuff, you think I'd be able to say that by now, Sean? <laughs> go check out heyarrow.com. So, Sean is with me. Um, he is getting brushing up on his Portuguese here before he heads down to Brazil for the week. And uh, he's got Rosetta Stone out there. So if you hear something crazy in the line, it's just Sean practicing. That's all it is. So, Sean, how you doing this morning? <clears throat> I'm doing great. Doing great. Good deal, man. Well, you're you're getting ready to head off to uh, Brazil to do your, your uh, checkup on the coffee market down there and make sure it is what it is so you can come back and report to the world what you find down there. So, um. Let's talk about the coffee market here just real quick since we're that's going to be the highlight of, of the upcoming week here. But So let's talk about coffee a little bit and what you see happening there. Well, you know, we're trying to determine how small last year's crop was due to the drought and due to the double frost. And then we're trying to determine how much uh, those two climactic extreme conditions are impacting the current crop that's in the blooming phase right now. Big, big rains have come here in October, drought-busting rains. So the, the, the jury is, what damage was irreversible up to that point? And that's what we're going to be doing. I'm going to be doing what I'm down there is determining how small was last year's crop, meaning how much are we carrying over into this crop cycle? How, what's the best case scenario for the current crop? And, uh, and what does the market need to do uh, based upon those two metrics to you know, see this through to the following year's crop uh, that might actually be you know, a little better if, if, if weather cooperates, but that's a long ways from now. So, so we're really just trying to get our handle around, um, and, and also the nature of, so we've had a big first flowering based upon this rain about 10 days after a rain, you get most of the trees will flower. So we're going to be down there and we're going to be able to see pretty much what that flowering looks like, how many flowers are there, how many flowers have remained on the tree, how many fell off. And then obviously trying to determine to what extent these flowers set so that they can produce cherries and coffee. So, you know, hopefully we'll, you know, you can't, no one, no one can be hundred percent sure of anything, even with a crop tour, but we should have a better handle on exactly what the nature of it is. And, but we have a pretty good idea, you know, we're heading, we're heading into some pretty uncharted waters. And I guess 
the way we look at it, the fact that the coffee market has been able to rally in the face of these rains, which are, which is quite frankly I've never seen happen before, tells you the market's pretty much uh, getting worried that a lot of this damage is reversible. So, gotcha. Right on. All right, let's jump over and talk about what's going on in the wheat market. Wheat market has been a, um, a steady climber. It's been, it's been kind of the, the cornerstone, I think, of the market in a lot of ways when. Everything else is going crazy. Not that wheat hasn't had some crazy days, but it's been pretty steady. It's been just holding tight right there, and, and we're seeing some some good prices. And <clears throat> and you know, you've talked about wheat carry out here a million times, but I guess as you take a look, what's going on now as we've kind of gone through this fall planting season uh, for winter wheat? What are your thoughts about the wheat market moving forward? Well, I mean, because of the uh, crop failure of the spring wheat crop globally and because of the big downgrades of the winter wheat crop globally um, we just don't have enough high quality wheat and we've been feeding as much of the low quality wheat in replacement of the corn shortage and so we just you know it, it, we're in this spot where everyone is worried about access to supply everyone's worried about these logistical delays the increase in shipping costs um those countries who don't have enough wheat on hand are desperately wanting to stockpile. We have this winter coming, energy shortages developing. You know, there's a lot of uncertainties, and I don't think anyone wants to go through a winter and not have something like wheat on hand in 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 some degree of prevalence uh, to get through a rough patch of this winter turns out like we think. And so wheat's just a market that's being the strongest group, a part of the grain complex by far. I mean, it, it is really the stalwart, and we think that's going to continue. It's a stockpiling thing. Um, you just simply cannot do without um, wheat right now going into this kind of what could be a destabilizing winter. So, you know, our forecast has been for a long, long time that we would see wheat, you know, kind of ultimately test, you know, that mid-upper nines, maybe 10-plus area like we did many years, you know, decades ago. Um, and it looks like to me like we're on our way to doing that as we go into this and come out of this winter season. If we're halfway correct about the chaotic planting season, the late ending winter, the chaotic post-dormancy phase for winter week here in the U.S. and over in uh, Russia and such, you know, I, I think this is the one to, this is the one of the, we think this is a key grain market to be looking out for at this point. So. Right on. All right. So uh, Brazil uh, looks like they're off to better than average start. Uh, but they're still, like you've talked about here, the dryness in Argentina. Still have a long ways to go before you see anything out there that that really is going to bring any kind of um, real, you know, testament to what we're going to see happen in in Brazil and Argentina as far as as far as weather goes. But I mean, while you're in Brazil, are you going to have a chance to go take a look at any of these? Any of these corn growing areas or, or soybean growing areas? There, kind of I mean, the, the, there there are a lot of soybeans and corn growing next to, to coffee fields. To the extent that we're able to, we'll take a look at. We'll mm -hmm. also ask a fertilizer question. You know, mm -hmm. have you bought your fertilizer? Yeah. What are your plans for fertilizer? Because that's a lot to do with what they plant for second crop corn, which is really the corn crop that matters uh, in Brazil for our market because that's mm -hmm. what they export, export and that's what they need. So we're going to really try to get an answer on the fertilizer question, which is. You know, we think they probably took care of things for the first this uh, first crop, corn, and of course the soybean crop, first crop. Uh, I'm not sure they've taken care of business on the second crop, uh, corn, and so that'll be a bit. We're gonna, we'll try to get an answer to that question because uh, uh, we're pretty comfortable. We're gonna have some really good rainfall, and 
much better conditions, at least in the first part of the growing season, which means good first crop corn, although that's a small crop. Uh, we think it's another big bean crop. But, you know, obviously the second crop corn, we think the weather could change a little more uh, adverse. And if, if we don't have the fertilizer uh, application and we don't get the acres planted, you know, we could be looking at another dicey second crop corn. So we're pretty comfortable. Soybeans are going to be good. The jury's still out on corn, but we suspect. We have a suspicion we might find it's going to be tough to grow a big corn crop again uh, like you know, for second crop corn. Obviously, Argentina is our focal point. We think that's where the drought's going to uh, extend, accelerate, be an issue. Uh, but it really doesn't become a market-moving event until we get it probably to late November, Casey, maybe early December. And so it's going to be one of these things. How big is the soybean crop? How small is the Argentine soybean crop, right. and how does the market balance those two things? And obviously, we'll just have to figure that out as we go along. But we kind of think soybean market is going to price all the bearish news in now, right now, and, and maybe for the next few weeks. And then it will start to recalibrate higher if, um, if our Argentinian forecast turns out. So we kind of think it's a yin-yang kind of a scenario. So we've been looking for... And we think a pretty meaningful low here in soybeans, you know, into you know, let's say into early November, we think that soybeans probably price it all in and 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 say we're we're assuming this big, big, big Brazilian bean crop, but it won't have factored in a small Argentine soybean crop, but it'll have to reprice that higher. So we think that's the pathway for soybeans. And of course, bean meal, bean oil can outperform soybeans because of the nature that they're the biggest by far exporter of those two derivative products to the world. So keep an eye on those two, two derivatives of the soybean complex. They may be the barn burners here initially out of the gate. So Right on. All right, Sean. Well, there is uh, a lot of moving parts here, man. If folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is you're doing at Hackett Financial, what's the best way to do that? It's Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. We have interviews, white papers, sample reports, all kinds of things that give you a good feel for how we look at things, our weather cycles and such, um, to see if what we're doing might be of value to what you know to what your listeners are interested in. So, well, thanks for being on the podcast, man. Look forward to it. Hopefully, we can do this when I'm on my trip down there. We'll find a spot and a good connection at a, at a hotel I'm at. We can uh, we can do this later in the week and let you know how things are looking on the boot, on the ground, and on the, on, with boots on. So. Right on. Some corner bar in some <laughs> Sao Paulo, Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right on, man. Well, safe travels, buddy. Take care of yourself while you're down there. You too, Casey. Thanks. Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also go to movingironllc.com. Check out my uh, YouTube channel, and that's Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Make sure you check that out and uh, subscribe to that. That's where you'll see all the videos I have posted. Um, I post most of the videos of, of the interviews that we do, so they're up there, uh, so you can check those out. Also, uh, go to your go to your podcasting platform and give me five stars uh, if you like what you see here. It helps uh, push the uh, algorithms up so more people can hear and see what's going on there. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Sean Hackett. Let's get smart, folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. 
Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The reach of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving higher